When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Sunday special episode of the U Up Podcast. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I am Jared Freed. Jordana, it is such a pleasure to be back here with you for another Sunday special, even if it's just virtually. Hopefully, we're closer every day to a non-virtual meeting. But I wanted to get us right into today's guest. Um, a very excited, a hilarious comic. She has her own podcast that she co-hosts called Shooters Gotta Shoot. Erica Sparrick, thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. This is great. We're so excited to have you. We've actually both already been on your podcast, so you should check out Shooters Gotta Shoot. Um because it's great. Even the episodes that we're, we're not on, you can still listen to those as well. But, our, but ours, especially, I, I always tell people when you're, you know, especially if someone's a fan of our show, um, use our episodes as like an appetizer into Erica's show, because that can, Erica, do you want to explain your podcast? It's a fun show. You do it with, with Molly. It's a, it's a good time, right? Yeah. So, I mean, basically my half of the podcast is dating with herpes and in general, the podcast is kind of like a self-help podcast. We'll take recommended relationship advice, research. We kind of go through it. We'll try methods from it. Um, So like Giordano's episode, we did the book attached. And for your episode, Jared, we did a section from the rules, which is the classic old school book. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the gist of it. We have a good time and uh, we basically do the research so you don't have to. Jared, you must love that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like my perfect type of podcast. I want I want someone to just explain research to me, and then I just take it as fact. And you know, I'm probably the worst person to ever have a Twitter account for that reason. <laughs> where I'm just like, oh yeah, that tweet said it, so that must mean everything's okay. That's what it, that's the rule. Um, so you mentioned okay. you are you're coming from an experience of dating with herpes. That is something that we wanted to talk to you obviously about. How you know? I mean. What what's dating with give herpes us, like? Yeah, I, give us start from the beginning. I guess start from the beginning, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I mean, basically, the biggest thing with herpes when everybody gets diagnosed is your number one thought is like, "Am I ever going to be with anybody? Like, is anybody going to be okay with this?" And you feel very alone and very isolated because it's something people don't talk about. People are not public about having herpes, uh, which makes sense because there's a big stigma. So basically, well, sorry to interrupt, but for that <laughs> reason, okay. you must have so many people that feel like this is why podcasts are so great. Like I know our show for a lot of people, it's like, hey, like two people talking openly about subjects that like you kind of do on your own. I'm I'm sure you've had people reaching out to you that are just like excited to hear someone speak openly and honestly and not like it's a death sentence. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it amazes me how many people will like DM me, and I'm the first person they've ever told. And wow. I'm like, you haven't told one person, and some people have lived with it, you know, for years. And they're like, I don't know how to live with this. And my biggest advice is like, you got to talk to somebody about it. Like, I get if you don't maybe feel comfortable in your circle of friends, or like if you're currently in college or like high school. I've had people message me. I get it. Those environments are very gossipy, very clicky. Um, but I'm like, you've got to find someone you can at least talk to about it. Otherwise you're going to go crazy in your own head. Cause I felt totally. that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I, I read all the emails to a podcast and there are so many people who write in with the same, with the same exact, uh, thought and question that you're talking about. I mean, we'll get to one of them, mm-hmm. um, a, a little bit later in the episode, but 
that's this the email that we're going to I'm going to read. We've gotten so like probably, you know, dozens and dozens of iterations of the same email that we've gone through. And I wanted to wait to answer them till we had someone who, you know, could could shed a little bit more light and give a little bit more uh, personal experience and give a little bit more background because it is. I I mean, like from what I've heard and people I've spoken to, it is like one of the most like highly stigmatized things for like little to no reason. Just yeah. given like the like the actual magnitude of the issue is like so much smaller than the way that it's perceived like societally and like in jokes and like TV shows and movies. Yeah, like um, the number right? one thing is it's not included in general STD testing. You have to ask for it specifically. And even then, a lot of doctors won't give it to you. They'll be like, well, you haven't had an outbreak, so don't worry about it. Because it affects your mental health way more than your physical health. Your physical health is actually perfectly fine. Like, that's why they don't include it. Right. What do you think is like the the biggest misconception for people out there who are dealing with this or have this or might get it in the future? What do do you think is the biggest misconception about dating with herpes or having herpes? Um, The number one thing would be if you sleep with someone that has herpes, you're automatically going to get herpes, which is actually the opposite case. It's if you sleep with someone that doesn't know they have herpes, you are likely to get it. If they know, they take meds, they take precautions, you're fine. Like I've had several partners that were consistent without protection in terms of condoms, and I just took medicine and they're fine. They've never had a problem. I've met several people that were married for like over 10 years, never gave it to their partner, stopped taking meds. So it's very like a lot of the problem is you don't, the people that don't know they have it is often how other people get it. And that's the number one assumption is like, I'm automatically going to give this to somebody. And the other one is that, oh, we have to use condoms. Like that's, I'm a straight woman. So that's the number one complaint I hear. If I tell someone, they just go, oh man, does this mean we have to use condoms all the time? And I'm like, no, it actually only like protects an extra 1%, you know? Oh, so interesting. So, I didn't know so that. The, I had no idea. Like <laughs> in my mind, it's like, like, I'm, I, I've, I guess I'm like trying to think back. Like now I know this better just from doing podcasts and, ha- you know, knowing people who have talked openly about it. But like definitely in my, pro- you know, in my immature, you know, early 20s life, I'm like, well, if someone, you know, breathes on me with herpes, it's over. Game, you know, that's <laughs> the that's it. Tomorrow's the day, mm-hmm. you know, like and and is, is it so you said taking medicine you're taking like a pill like you would take the pill like is that kind of like basically and, and that and, and it's like it they because the big thing with herpes is like oh it's incurable but like that sounds like you you know things are okay i mean you know so what I mean? is like, so is hpv right hpv I mean, some is also HPV is, some isn't but yeah some are some aren't okay but it's as common as HPV is. And HPV is the thing that we all go, yeah, doesn't everybody have that? <laughs> it's like, right. yes. And also yeah. herpes. Um, because the other big thing people don't know is if you get cold sores, that is herpes. It's the same exact thing I have, especially me. I have type 1. There's type 1, type 2. Type 1 is deemed oral herpes. Type 2 is deemed vaginal herpes or genital herpes. Uh, but the truth is you can get either in either place. So... Like, it's crazy that people that have cold sores, it's the same exact thing. It's the same exact treatment if you want to take meds. But there's no stigma to people with cold sores just because we've rebranded cold sores. So what's the what's the difference between the two? The, the, the main difference is just where they typically are, like location-wise. Um, okay. And then type 2, you are more likely to have more frequent outbreaks. But all that always just depends on the person, like... I have type one and I've only had one real outbreak, but it's like, just cause I had one outbreak doesn't mean I could never have one again, but mm. you know, it kind of all varies. I just feel like, and I think like from the other side, like I feel like, you know, when I, every time this topic comes up, I feel like I'm going to ask, I think a lot of people would probably feel like they're going to ask the dumbest question ever yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be offensive. And now you're the person like, what is, what are the questions you've gotten that maybe were like uncomfortable from men you've been with that they were uncomfortable, but like it was weird, but like at least they asked at least, you know, like, like what are the kind of questions you get? Um, well, 
in general, there's a lot of myths that I'll, I'll be honest, men don't ask a lot of questions. They're basically okay. like, how do I not get this? Or they honestly usually are just really scared. Uh, but like a lot of the big myths are you're, you're definitely going to give it to someone. Um, another one is that you can't have kids, which is not true at all. Uh, like that you can't have them at all. And then the second would be that you can't have like a regular slash vaginal birth, which also not true. Um, and it's even like, I could donate blood. Like, like you don't get it the way we're kind of taught in school of like condoms and condoms protect from all STDs. It's actually like a skin condition. So it's not protected in the same way. Um, which that part's really hard because basically people go, Oh, so we just have to wear a condom and we're fine. And I'm like, well, technically the percent chance is like 1% on my meds, you wear a condom, but it's like the chance is never zero. So it's hard to, that's why it makes it so hard when you like have that conversation with people. Right. I mean, the chance is never zero of getting pregnant every time you have sex also. Exactly. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Skims and with warmer weather coming up, I recently tried out one of their t-shirts. Skims makes the best basics and foundations. So it's no surprise that it's the best fitting tee I've ever worn. Finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge, whether it's the fit or the quality, but with Skims, they make the most flattering shirts for everyone. Honestly, I love pretty much everything Skims makes, but I really love their t-shirts. They're like form fitting and they make my body just look that much smoother. I have the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt in Onyx. It has amazing versatility. It is literally a must-have for a spring wardrobe. They're stretchy, they're flattering. You can dress it up or dress it down, and you don't have to worry about compromising style or comfort. I also have the cotton jersey t-shirt in marble, and it's really just changed the game for me. It's taking the regular t-shirt, it's leveling it up. There's no stretched collars or hems, and it literally fits like a dream. Skims t-shirts are made with innovative technology while always keeping style and comfort in mind. From crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, Skims has something for every fit and everybody. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes extra extra small to 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know i sent you after you place your order select podcast in the survey and select you up in the drop down menu that follows nothing gives me naked confidence like really nailing a tough workout there's a real sense of power that comes from pushing your body to its limits and conquering it like a champ but a very close second lumi whole body deodorant it's the game-changing whole body deodorant for those who love feeling confident from head to toe and you up listeners can now receive a special offer. New customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code and link. Use code UUP at LumiDeodorant.com. L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Making sure that I smell good is like one of my top things to feel confident. If I'm scared that I might be like having an odor, that is going to totally throw off my confidence. So I love Lumi so I can feel confident that I'm smelling fresh every day. Lumi is seriously safe to use anywhere on your body. Yes, anywhere. It's baking soda-free, paraben-free, and pH-balanced for safe use below the belt. Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. More like a pre-odorant. It's clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Choose from a variety of bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code UUP for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code UUP at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Actually, I wanted to pose a question to you guys of because I, I assume everybody that has it, I deal with this still. Like I had a rejection like a month ago that was tough and it sucks. And like you're going to get rejected sometimes and sometimes you're not. Uh, but was it, well, hold on. Was a rejected rejection based on herpes or was it just a rejection? Yeah, just it was a general one. Yeah, it was basically like we hit the point I disclosed. He kind of thought about it and then didn't want to continue like seeing me. And we only went out like a couple times. It wasn't like a serious thing, but it yeah. just sucks of like, you know, this is a dating podcast. It's like, it's, yeah. it's a huge success just to have a good first date, let alone right. someone that you're like, Oh, I want to go out with again <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's like, I've had it for four years. I'm very comfortable. I've had people be cool with it, but I still kind of take my rejections uh, along the way. And it's always like the debate is how should you tell someone and when should you tell someone uh, that you have herpes? So 
I've tried many different times, many different kind of ways. Um, but I actually wanted to pose a little, like, almost multiple choice to you guys, if that's cool. Mm. Sure. Because as two non-herpes people, this is valid to, like, have your opinion on, right? Okay. So let's say there's someone you go out with two, three times. Um, and let's say you've, like, made out. Okay? You've had a hot makeup. Now, in terms of disclosing, what do you think would be the best route? Should you disclose, like, A, have, like, a phone call real quick where you're just chatting, kind of casually say it, B, maybe over text message, Um, three, when you see them again, things get hot and heavy, you're right about to have sex, you should disclose then, or four, while you're on a date, just doing whatever you're doing, having a conversation, find a way to bring it up. Hmm. Jordana, I, I I have a thought, but what do you think, Jordana? I think I would choose four, um, just because if I was relaying anything intimate, some something or something I felt vulnerable about, I think I'd want to do it in person and in a way that where I felt comfortable, um, and where like the other person kind of like had to somewhat stay, like have a conversation with me about. It. I think for, I wouldn't do it via text personally. Um, what do you think, Jared? Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to deal with the dot, dot, dot at the bottom of the screen, <laughs> just like screaming at me after I told someone. I, I think the last one, four, I'm with Jordana. Like, I think like, the, I, I, I think like, there's a piece of me that's like, while things are hot and heavy, and then you're like, hey, I just want to let you know something. But that doesn't really give the other person the amount of time. Like, you're kind of like a little bit, like, I think if a man did that to a woman it would seem as though you were like emotionally taking advantage of them because you've gotten them to this point. I, I I could see how someone could say that. Um, yeah, so like, I think, or like, they might uh, not be the making the decision with the best, you know, yeah. you want them to like be fully aware and confident in their decision. I also think the fourth one that you mentioned also like allows you to relay the significance of it, which again, it seems like from all the facts that you're sharing that it's not necessarily that significant of a, of an issue um, to, to, to really relay the information that you need to relay and have like the tone of voice and have like the, like the sense of the relaxed attitude about it that you, you can bring in person. Yeah. Plus if I was on the date with a person, I mean, Erica, this must've happened to you a couple times <laughs> and it kind of goes back to my like sounding like an idiot thing, <laughs> no, but it's like, you must like, you must become the teacher at that point. Like, I would kind of, and I know there's this like big blowback of like, it's not up to me to teach you, but it's like, if someone was telling me that I would have so many questions that I would hope wouldn't seem judgmental, but more like, Hey, I just want to know what this, I I mean, now that I have you, it's like, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's like talking to like a trainer. Like now that I have you, what's the best ab routine? Like now that I have someone who knows what they're talking about, like, I, I would assume you would be the most knowledgeable person I've come in contact with. Yeah, I mean, I agree with both you guys, uh, mainly because the way I told people originally was like, okay, let's see if it ever gets to this physical point, right? Uh, but then it's really hard to kind of stop that train once it gets going. Yeah. And like you said, it's like you're, you know, I'm telling men and it's like, there's boner brain. And <laughs> It's like either kind of a boner killer or like they kind of ignore what you just said. And then after they're like, not going to lie, I'm freaking out. Like you're not giving them time to really make a decision, but also for yourself, you're putting them in a spot. They have to make a decision. It's either going to be a yes or no right then and there. And then that is going to usually feel like a huge rejection when it's like they might just need to think about it for a day and do some research, you know? Yeah, I would imagine it would feel, you know, this is a really bad phrase i know this sounds bad but like there'd be some buyer's remorse yeah where it's like you know you you're like oh okay we did it that was fun but like i've had that in sexual experiences that didn't involve a herpes right you know thing that i've learned about like i've had that in sexual experience where i'm like going over the next day like oh like maybe emotionally like i wasn't in the play like that person might be emotionally ahead of where i was and now sex made them think that I am where they are emotionally. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it can happen with it. But again, like what you're saying and, you know, back to like with the guy that you just kind of ended things with, like, it's just another thing. Like we didn't right. need more things in a, in a world where dating's <laughs> hard enough. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just another thing, like another hump to get over as much like from what it sounds like. Is it like, would you compare it to like maybe just like getting a third date? You know, I mean, essentially, yeah, like (laughs) it's just like one more thing. But once somebody is cool with it and it's just like, yeah, okay, like that's not going to deter them. Then it's like, oh, now we're in, quote, normal relationship town. Like someone I dated last year for like four months. I remember literally having a little like kind of fight. And my brain was like, oh, we're finally doing the relationship stuff everybody else is doing. (laughs) Like because it had nothing to do with herpes. I was in the back burner. We were like having sex like had nothing to do with it. Um, so it's, yeah, it just feels like it's another obstacle to get there, which, you know, I'm like, I'm tall, I'm almost six feet, I'm 5'11", that sometimes I try to just look at it like, look, it's just another thing that's like, you can't change this. Some people are going to be into it. Some people are, you're going to pass just because of right. something that's like, it shouldn't be significant, but sometimes it is, you know. What What made you decide to be so open about this, you know, like in like podcast and um I don't know, just in general, it seems like you're like really helpful for people who are going through this. But what made you decide like I'm going to be like open and share my whole experience? Because like you said, there is this stigma, you know, like warrant, yeah. unwarranted, warranted or unwarranted, like there it is there. So how did you decide you were going to do this? Yeah, it's it's just crazy because when you get it, every doctor is immediately like, oh, not a big deal and kind of shrugs it off. And you're like sitting there a mess. Um, but then you look up stats and it's like, okay, if one in six people have it and, you know, almost 80% of the population has like type one, if we count cold sores, you're like, how come so many people have it, but I haven't ever heard or know somebody that has it. And basically I, I was in my own hole of like trying to find other people that had it or just someone to listen to or like just something. Cause you just feel so alone. And I could not find single women that had it except for Ella Dawson is a big uh, like herpes writer uh, any other women I found were typically married and it kind of was this thing of like yeah it's very easy for the married woman to kind of be like yeah I have herpes it's no big deal don't worry about it and I'm like you're not in the trenches right. with me like like they're the people also being like, what are dating apps like? I haven't been in the game in 10 years. <laughs> and you're like, right. great. Those are the like, same women who are like, you know, just like, just text him. I did that with, uh, you know, I did that with Joe and yeah. I harassed him every day for a week and look at us. Like we made yeah. it. Right. Go to the library and meet a guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it was frustrating. I'm just like, how do I not really know any people or the only people I've heard is in terms of like celebrity scandals or scandals of like college campus. It's rumored someone has herpes and it's kind of labeling them in this like slut kind of label or promiscuous way, which is not true. Like I got herpes and it was the only person I had slept with in like the past year that I got it. So it kind of was like, okay, I'm someone that I'm like, I'm not having sex that often and I got it. So I'm like, there has to be so many more people that have it. And it's just crazy of like, I'm not famous, but people still just find me through searching herpes stuff. Do you get a lot of men who also reach out to you? Um, Men typically don't reach out as much. Um, They do, though. And, you know, I run like a little virtual support group. And the ratio is kind of like a workout class of it's predominantly women that just happen to join. And then it's like... You know, for every 20 women, there's like four men. And I originally went to a group myself that was all women and I liked it. And I met like some of my best friends now from it. And that inspired me to kind of just make my own group. But I really wanted the co-ed experience of hearing male perspectives as well. Because, I mean, anytime women get together, it's very easily just like, fuck men. Men are trash. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and we'd often sit there like, you know, I bet men don't have to deal with this herpes problem. And... (laughs) it's so nice to like have a male perspective in the group that they're like, yeah, we deal with that too. Like you're right. not alone, you know? Um, Cause ultimately I think for women, it's very hard with herpes because like in terms of dating relationships with straight uh, relationships, uh, it's like men hold the power when it comes to commitment and women hold the power when it comes to sex. And so for a woman, when you get herpes, it's suddenly like you don't have that power anymore like you don't have the like you know a man takes you on a date first date he's already thinking i would sleep with you right right 
Like, but he doesn't know if he would date you. And women, it's like, we're on the date to see if we would date you. We don't know about sleeping with you yet. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, as a woman, you're kind of now putting yourself in a position where you've never been in before. Where you're like, oh, I might get rejected. And I am putting myself out there in this way that a lot of women in general don't ever do in dating. Like even just asking someone out or like little things like that, let alone sexually, like women in general can't are really bad at handling if a guy doesn't want to have sex with them because we're not used to being rejected in that department. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like for men, when you tell them you like, uh, don't want, when they want to date you, they're like shocked. You don't (laughs) want to date them rather. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the, do you talk about it? I, for everyone listening at home, Erica is a hilarious stand-up. So funny. Everyone should go Your tweets her. are really funny, too. <laughs> Thanks. Tweets are great. At Erica Spera on Instagram, right? And um, then... At Sperica. S-P-E-R-A. At Sperica. I knew that. Yeah, at Sperica. Okay. <laughs> it'll be all over my social media, all over the UUP account. At S-P-E-R-I-C-A. Right? Yep. We're, mm-hmm. Okay. So, at Sperica. Um, and, and also just go follow her. So funny. Are you talking about it in your standup? I haven't seen, uh, obviously we haven't seen anyone in a bit, but, uh, are you talking about it on stage? What's I, the reaction from on stage? Like, like I, it's so funny. Like you, you were talking about like one in six people have it. Like I've done jokes about cocaine on stage and everyone <laughs> tenses up. But if you talk about weed, it's like, oh, weed is fine. Like there are these weird lines of delineation between what people are t- comfortable in a group talking about and what they're not talking about on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you, what, what's been your experience with that? You, and do you talk about it? Uh, it's funny. It's like I having my podcast for like a while got me comfortable enough talking about it in private. Um, that I finally started to talk about it on stage and then like the world shut down, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's hard in both talking about it on God stage. Was like, God was like, we will not have that spoken about. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I shut it down. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just, it's funny, like whether it's on stage or like telling a friend or telling like a potential, you know, partner, uh, it's like the word herpes is just jarring to people mm. that it's, interesting to try to figure out a way to like navigate when do you drop that word and how exactly do you drop it um but it's interesting it's one of those things like yeah i've you know bombed a joke with it plenty of times um or even attempts and you feel the room get tense but then after the show it's like there's like four people in my dms being like hey i think that's cool that you're trying to talk about herpes like i have it um, but then they're almost nervous to laugh about it because they're like, oh, everyone's going to look at me like, do you have herpes? You know? Mm, right. Yeah. It's crazy how highly stigmatized it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it just seems like massively overblown from what like, again, like the actual repercussions of having it. Yeah. yeah like Drew Michael has a famous bit about it. And in it, he's like, the cure for herpes is if everybody just got it. Like, yeah. <laughs> we all just have it. So now no then one's worried about it anymore. And yeah. it's it's so true of like, yeah, most people already do have it, um, right. but it's it's more the fear of getting it. I was totally that person that was like, I was terrified of getting it. I would ask all my partners, when's the last time you had tested, et cetera, et cetera. I was like so cautious and so afraid to get any STD, let alone, I mean, STI, let alone herpes. But now that I have herpes, I'm like, oh, this is nothing. This doesn't affect my life in any way, except for when it comes to having sex with people. Summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I'm wearing a Quince sweater literally right now. They make the best cashmere sweaters and they're so well-priced. It's like, honestly, my dream store. I also have an amazing down comforter from them. They cut out the middleman and they really just give you these really, really high quality items that last a long time and that they're at an amazing price point. Quince has amazing items like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. Get warm weather ready with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash UUP for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash UUP to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash UUP. If you're like me and shudder at the thought of low rise jeans and pluck thin eyebrows making a comeback, you're a millennial. And if you're a millennial, it's time to add Clarence multi-active cream to your daily routine. I have to tell you, I'm a huge Clarence fan. I've been using them for years. I love, love, love them. They are such high quality. They're like a legacy brand. My skin always looks better whenever I'm using Clarence products. And it's no different with the Clarence multi-active cream. You've been adulting for a while, so the daily stress of just trying to keep your life together can cause stress aging. Yes, that's a thing. The good news, Europe's number one skincare line has a solution you can trust. Rooted in nature and innovated with science, Clarins has a long legacy of creating industry-first, plant-forward products. Using a skin charger complex made of 2% niacinamide and C. holly bio-extract, Clarins Multi-Active Cream has been clinically proven to target the first visible signs of aging by smoothing lines and wrinkles, refining pores, evening tone and texture, and strengthening the skin's moisture barrier. While Multi-Active Cream can't bring back the golden age of boy bands, it can de-stress your skin. Go to Clarins.com slash UUP and get Multi-Active Day and Night Cream for 10% off, a free welcome gift, plus free shipping on your first order. That's C-L-A-R-I-N-S dot com slash UUP with promo code UUP, Clarence.com slash UUP with promo code UUP. So you said you asked a lot of partners. I mean, the question comes up like this person that you got it from, like it's, it's, how do you feel about them? What was their reaction when you kind of told them what was, <laughs> well, how did that all, how did that go down? Uh, well, you know, I think I did a really good job of I wasn't accusatory, which it's really hard not to be when you're in kind of a crisis. Um, and I wasn't really mad at them. I was kind of more mad at myself. That's just kind of how I am in general with things. Like when I don't succeed at something, I'm like looking at what did I do wrong. Um, but essentially, uh, when I told him, he was like relieved because I, you know, was like, I need to talk to you. And I show up to his apartment and I'm like, I could barely talk. I'm like choked up. And he's like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong? And I finally said, like, um, I went to the doctor today and they're pretty sure I have herpes. And he was like, oh, my God, I thought you were going to say you were pregnant. Okay, I guess that's men's number one, like, fear. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, thank God. And I was sitting there like, hello, this, right. yeah. this is still an issue here, you know? <laughs> like, uh, like, I, like, I mean, there, there are some... That- some woman just crushed a glass in her hand. Like <laughs> that is the most, you know, selfish way to respond to that. Like, did you get angry at him for not being a little bit more? Like, I understand where he. Like, let, let me empathize yeah, with it's... the unempathizable. <laughs> you know, I understand like where he is, like as far as from his narcissistic brain. But also, like, isn't there a piece of him that like? I don't know. Like, I, I, doesn't he feel horrible? Like, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, he stayed very calm and cause I was just a mess. Um, but essentially I was just like telling him to be like, can you please go get tested? Like, I'm pretty sure I got this from you. And he was like, are you sure you got it from me? And I was like, you were the only person I've slept with in a year. Like, and I already asked, I actually already talked to the last person I slept with before him. Also, because that guy was a doctor. So <laughs> I randomly okay. was like, hey, uh, I kind of feel cool talking to you about this. Um, right. But that guy was like, no, and I've been tested recently, but I'll get tested again. So I kind of was just sitting there being like, I just, you got to get tested. I understand you probably didn't know you had it. Like, because that's what he claimed. He's like, I had no idea. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I get it. But like, I just want to know. Like, I want some answers. Um, yeah. So, I mean, essentially, I you know, it's like you're trying to just kind of de-escalate crying when crying is happening. Everyone's kind of in panic mode. Um, but yeah, it's, he was okay. It was, it, but it did take me like a long time to like forgive that person. You know, it's hard not to be kind of angry or like upset. Um, sure. But the more you know about it and also the more people I meet that have it, everyone's kind of like, yeah, I got it from someone that didn't know they had it. Like, and was that person lying? We'll never know, you know? I mean, right. is that the big take? Is that the big thing to like tell people like, you know, this is a separate test. You have to actively seek out this test. This is, you know, like we're all doing COVID tests of some kind. <laughs> like this is kind of like you should be if you're going to be out there, you should go for this specific test. Right. 
I mean, if you want to, you know, a lot of doctors will still be like, nah, you don't need to get it. So it's very one of those things. Why would a doctor, that's, (laughs) why would a doctor ever say that to someone? Like if you, like I used to go in for STI tests and I would be like, give me the whole thing. I'd be like, (laughs) give me the work. Yeah. I would be like, (laughs) and they did. And I remember the herpes, what you're saying is very true because they would go, yeah, you don't need this. And I'd be like, no, 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 I need it. Right. I want everything. I want peace of mind. Like, yeah. I don't think this guy, even though it doesn't sound like he, you know, to me, I'd be a little bit angry about how he responded, but I, it doesn't sound like he's like sitting out there being like, I hope I have, you know, like, I don't think anyone wants to not know or be ignorant. It's a Some people I, mean, I think do actually want to not really? know. I think they're really afraid to <laughs> to find out that's why yeah. people don't go to the doctor they well, don't you know it's like a little bit of a denial thing it's a little bit of a like what i don't know can't hurt me kind of thing i think there's a i think like people who are probably like anxiety ridden jews like us are probably <laughs> like on top of that shit but like i do think there's a lot of people who are kind of like uh why am i gonna make a problem when i don't have a problem or again yeah. if i don't know it it's not affecting me like you know, pe- that's why people don't get diagnosed with cancer until later stages. Sometimes it's sure. like there people just are afraid to find out information that they're not going to like. That's why people don't ask a guy where they see this going. After, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like the same thought on there. Like, I don't want to know the truth. I'd rather just live in this world where like things could be OK. Yeah, I mean, my dream would be everyone in the world goes and gets a herpes test. Because then it would really be known like, oh, this is so common, right? Mm. But a lot of doctors actually kind of encourage what Jordana was saying, mainly because it doesn't affect your health. Like your health is fine. And they've seen it just affect people more emotionally and mentally that they're kind of like, look, if you've been this far, haven't given it to anyone, you're fine. You're mentally fine. It's kind of like, why throw a wrench in everything and kind of like put you on this spiral? Because recently there actually was a study like I know this is a fun podcast we like to have a lot of fun but you want to get real it's like there was a study recently that um there was a high correlation between people that searched in google herpes and then immediately also were searching for like suicide help like there's such a correlation of like when you get this you feel like your life is over like I that was my first thought when I got it I was like I just fucked up my whole life like I was like 25 single and I was like Oh my God, I couldn't get a boyfriend before before herpes. Like, how am I going to get one after? Like, that was just the immediate thought in my head. And I can understand how it takes you on the spiral of like, you just, you get rejections from it. Some people never get a rejection. I got a lot of rejections. My first year was tough. And then you're almost like, oh, I guess I got to just take whatever I can get, you know, which is not true. Like, Right. So I see what you're saying. For the doctors then, they're probably like, if it's so insignificant physically and it's so damaging mentally then it might be worse for this patient to actually know that they have something that's so insignificant than for them to to know and potentially have their mental health like so intensely degraded potentially yeah exactly especially i'm like the go-to of all my friends that like someone will sleep with someone that has herpes and then they'll go to their doctor they'll ask me they're like i'm gonna go get tested they'll go to the doctor after sleeping with someone they know has herpes go to the doctor, like, I want to get a test, just make sure I'm okay. And the doctor's still like, well, you haven't had an outbreak, like, don't worry about it. Because the truth is, you've probably already slept with a bunch of people that had herpes and, like, didn't even know. But it's kind of that thing of, like, eh, there's kind of, like, an, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss, you know? It's so, yeah, I, I don't know if that, that I, I don't know if that <laughs> makes me encouraged or scared. I, I you know, I yeah. don't know. I, I because I, I, like, again, like, COVID I, is the only like kind of yeah, you thing. Could have COVID, I, you could run around with COVID and not. Uh, uh, honestly, COVID is like the perfect example of how herpes spreads, really. It's yeah. like the people that don't know they have it are often the ones out there spreading it. And the minute someone knows they have it, they're taking every precaution and monitoring everything and making sure they're not spreading it, you know? So it's actually the perfect kind of time to even talk about herpes. It's like. Well, yeah. I mean, you <laughs> must see with like the, with like the what's the word like but the shaming of people who who have it and get it and where did you get it and what did you do to yeah. deserve it that kind of thing i feel like happened has happened a lot surrounding covid where people are like trying to you know make mm-hmm. some people worse for getting it or in, in some cases like that i'm sure that you, you feel like there's a correlation there 
Oh, totally. That's when I tell people, they'll be like, how did you get it? And I'm just like, I had sex. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, like, does it matter if it was with like a one night stand versus someone I was seeing? It's like, right. It would that make it better yeah. if it was like your boyfriend versus would it, would that make it like right. better for you to look at me, like, yeah. look at you as I totally get that. Exactly. Um, I have one more question before we, cause we got to do the email. Um, I'm sure yeah. we've answered like a million of the questions that come from the email, but I, and also this has to be so nice for people to hear. I want everyone to go follow Erica at Sparica on Instagram. Go follow, go listen to her podcast. Shooters got to shoot a uh, fantastic podcast. Jordan and I have both been on it. Go, go, go add it to your podcast library. Just subscribe to it. Because that's helpful enough, and then you'll have it ready for you when you're ready to listen to the podcast. That's a, this is such an easy play for anyone listening. I, you're very close with your family. I know this about you. I, I've been yeah. to your home. <laughs> I've, I've met your your parents are the yeah. nicest people you in have? the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys um, know each other? Like, yeah, yeah comedy, well, of course. <laughs> Oh, so, <laughs> wow. who, okay. I brought up Erica to bring her on the podcast. How do you think I knew her? <laughs> no, I know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I thought you like knew of her. I didn't know you guys were like uh, having dinner. No, Erica's <laughs> done shows with me. <laughs> I've been to the house. Yeah. The, uh, her dad is like, uh, and mom are the nicest people I've literally <laughs> ever met in my entire life. And how is because you're out there? I'm, I I would assume they know because I know they come to a lot of your shows and they're very. You guys are very close. How is that with them? I'm sure they were great about it, but like that's hard for people out there. Like I, I uh, especially with what we're talking about with this, like you know Hester Prynne, yeah. Scarlet A type of thing that kind of comes with it. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, it it was it. My family, honestly, for me personally, was actually the hardest to tell. Mm. Um, and you know, because I'm close with them in the sense of like you know, when you get older, I feel like most people kind of become a little bit more like friends with your parents. Like you realize they're regular people like that just do the best they can. Um, so for me, I didn't tell them till I actually was going to be like public, public on my podcast about it. And it was tough. I actually ended up sending them an email because with a big Italian close family, I would try to find a time to tell them when I saw them, but someone's always around. Like my brother, my sister, my aunt, there's five cousins chilling. I'm like, okay, there's never like a moment that's both of them and me alone. Um, so I sent them like a long email and not that long, but just kind of being like, look, I have this, I've had it for this long. Um, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to be public about it. And I kind of approached it of like, I'm sorry if you feel like this brings shame to like our family. Like I wish I could be completely separate, but like we have the same last name. So is what it is. Um, and you know, anyone's immediate reaction, including my parents was just very like, I feel so bad. You didn't feel like you could tell me before. Like, you know, your right. parents always are going to love you and like want the best for you. Um, so in that terms, they were really understanding. But then after the podcast was out, you know, my mom was like listening to it and stuff. And I got feedback from them being like, well, can you just like not talk about sex though? <laughs> and I was like, well, that's the number one herpes problem is the sex part. You know, yeah. like, right. I'm like, it's not for you to listen to, you know, they feel she like thought it would be about like your daily routine. Or something. Yeah. Like I, I literally remember my dad being like, how about instead of saying the word sex, you could just say when you date someone. <laughs> I was like, that is entirely different. Um, you know. Well, that's kind of that. That's probably part of the whole issue that we're talking about—the overarching issue of like how layered this is. It deals with sex. It deals with STIs. It deals with you know your parent, like your dad, like only <laughs> wants. Like I could see someone being like. This is the patriarchy telling you not to talk about sex in your body. Yeah. It's like, no, that's a dad who yeah. cares about his daughter and yeah. it's hard. Yeah, like right. I I'm we're really not even that dirty on our podcast. And I remember my dad being like, I mean, when you started comedy, you wanted to be Brian Regan, and now you're being Nikki Glazer, Amy Schumer. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think you've really listened to Nikki and Amy. Like, you know. <laughs> but it's just also like, yeah, you're my dad. It's weird. And I'm not gonna lie, my mom at one point even said something of like, I don't know, Erica, like, what if you meet this nice guy, and he's got this nice family, and like, but then they, they listen to your podcast, or they see you're doing this herpes thing, 
And I was just like, I mean, I'm a nice girl from a nice family. Like, yeah. And at the time I was dating someone. So I was mad cocky. I was like, he likes the pot, mom. You know, (laughs) he's into it. Uh, Well, it's also like this admission of like, you're waving a flag saying I'm having sex. And and, and like beyond herpes, that's just a tough thing for parents like to even deal with even Mm -hmm. though it's you know they know it's like when you walk in the house with a boyfriend hey this is my boyfriend you're not going hey this is the guy i fuck like there's coded (laughs) word for that too especially uh, yeah i mean especially so much of the herpes advice is like you'll find someone that's okay with it you'll find someone but then like people don't talk about like okay now you're with someone and what if you are having bad sex or they're still hesitant about herpes or i was in a scenario of like a guy would have sex with me but he wouldn't go down on me and it's like there was nobody, I feel like, talking specifics of being like, right. hey, if going down is important to you, like, that's okay. Like, don't worry about you have herpes and they're cool with it. Like, you still deserve all the things you should deserve mm. in a relationship, you know? Was he not knowledgeable? Did he think he would get it? Was it like, I mean, like... I, know, honestly, what, what... I don't really know. Because I was or, like, I'm or, not yeah. going to press it. I just right. had a talk of kind of like, hey, is that something in general you don't do? And he said, no. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, listen, I'm not going to make you do something you're not comfortable with because I don't want anyone to do that to me. But I was like, that's important to me for my own sex life. Like, that's how I orgasm. So I kind of was like, if you don't want to do it, that's okay. I'm not going to make you, but this isn't going to be the relationship for me. And it's (laughs) not an ultimatum. It's just being honest, you know? But It's funny there's like a sex in the city episode kind of with the reverse about um charlotte's like she doesn't like giving head and she's seeing a guy and he keeps like kind of like motioning for her to go down and she's like i don't like doing that i'm not gonna do that he's like okay but like i plan on getting a lot more blowjobs in my life (laughs) so (laughs) yeah exactly like right which i mean like for him i think i feel like the show kind of made him out to seem like a monster but like i guess like in the way that you're describing it like it's fair like Mm -hmm. you know everyone's laying out what they the contract isn't working yeah Yeah, we're gonna have a parade for erica's orgasms yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's just in general every time you date it's like you make new standards for yourself and so it's Mm -hmm. like once I got herpes, it's like I was kind of back at the bottom and then gradually gained my confidence back to have those standards again, essentially. Because sure. that person was the first person that was cool with me having herpes and sleeping with me. So at the start, I just was like so happy and kind of relieved to finally be having sex again and having fun and like feeling sexual and all those things. But then all of a sudden, after like two months, I kind of was like, oh, this sex actually isn't that great. Like. You know, so but it takes time and it's right. it's it's hard. It feels very hard to find that first person. And then you kind of get on a roll with like, OK, I was with that person. They didn't get it like kind of thing. You gain your confidence back. But it's just it is really hard when you first are out there. And it's especially hard not to go back to exes because you're like they were cool with it. Like, I just want to sure. have sex and feel normal again. Uh, it's the super, one thing's super hard. Of, yeah. The one thing's out of the way with them. It's just not something yeah. to deal with. Yeah. It adds in an extra layer of that. That makes sense. You know that feeling when you're going on your first date with the person you've been seriously crushing on and realize you have absolutely nothing to wear? Maybe you find yourself wishing you had the perfect pair of jeans, the one you can fancy up, fancy down, and just look better every time you wear them. Well, that's why you need to check out Lee Denim. I love Lee Denim. I'm wearing them today in the office. I'm wearing their jeans. I love, they also have this other pair that I have at home that I'm really excited to wear. It's like a little baggier, but it's still so comfortable and yet it's still so flattering. I don't know how they do it. Every time you wash it, they also look even better. And I love that they flatter every body type. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right, and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. 
Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. All right, well, let's let's do the email. I think we've, again, we've answered a lot of the questions involved in it, but I'll, we'll see if there's anything we missed. Yeah, let's hear from the audience because, again, like the amount of, I, like, I, someone's listening to this and I feel good knowing that they're being helped because I think this is like, we, I always say this is the podcast of uh, difficult conversations, had, you know, uncomfortable conversations had comfortably. And I think if anyone's out there and, you know, dealing with these uh, with herpes and not sure and needs education or just wants to have fun with the conversation, go follow Erica at Sparica and go listen to the podcast at uh, Shooters Gotta Shoot. Uh, what day of the week does it come out, Erica? Thursdays. We're every Thursdays. Thursday. There- there you go. You added a day to your week where you got another podcast. So let's do the email. You ready? Yep. All right. Listener writes in, hi, J&J. I've been thinking about writing in for a while, but I couldn't think of the right way to do so. A few years ago, I was diagnosed with genital herpes at HSV1. I believe I got it from someone going down on me. I'm a female, by the way. But I was too afraid at the time to find out the truth. And ultimately, it doesn't matter. So, Erica, this... This literally first paragraph. <laughs> this is you. This is you. This, this is, is me to a T. A few years, and type one. Yeah. Do you even think that the word "diagnosed with genital herpes" is too strong a phrase? I mean, it's just the correct way to say it. I know. I. I, I <laughs> but like talking to you right now, like I would, I hear that and I'm like, "Diagnosed with herpes." Yeah. Like I want to be like, "Calm down, bitch. We're having fun." Like I want to yeah. like. <laughs> Like I want right. to let her know, like after this conversation. Yeah, you know? but it's just it, like I said, it's hard to drop that herpes bomb. You want to like add as many sure. words yeah. as you can before. And it's the funny doctor. you're saying yeah. you're saying you. This is you. Like we've gotten probably like at least thirty emails that yeah. st- start like this too. Anyway, I was really afraid to have sex for a while after I was diagnosed because I wasn't sure if I was obligated to tell the sexual partner. And if I do, I'm not sure how they'll react. I told upwards of 10 friends and I've cried every time. I know that it is not a big deal to have herpes, but I'm really, I'm a really emotional person and I can't get past the stigma of feeling dirty and slutty. I truly don't think I'm ready to tell a sexual partner because I think I would lack confidence and scare them into thinking that it's this huge life altering disease when in fact, I know it's the opposite. After almost a year of not having sex, I've more recently had casual, super safe sex with a few guys that I have not told. But often I end up feeling guilty, even though I know there's a 1% chance that I'll pass anything on with with a condom. Do you think it's wrong to not tell someone, especially if it's going to be a one night stand? How would you react if a one night stand or casual hookup told you they had herpes? And in terms of a more serious relationship, I'm so afraid to meet someone I truly like because I'm afraid I won't be able to face telling them. Is it better to tell sooner rather than later? How soon is best? How would you react if someone you you were dating told you they had herpes? P.S. Some facts if you want them. HSV1 is typically known as oral herpes, but you can get it genitally, most often from oral to genital genital contact. I've only ever had that one first outbreak, and that's pretty common for those with with HSV1. Those with HSV1 typically shed, which means contagious, but without showing symptoms uh, less often, which means lower chance of passing it along to partners than HSV2. Thank you both so much. I mean... mean She's done That's, her research. All that stuff is 100 percent correct. She's nailed. Yeah, and she, it sounds like she knows exactly what she's talking mm-hmm. about. But I, what do you think of this, Erica? As far as like telling people, uh, it's interesting because I thought the email was going to be just how do I tell someone? Uh, and she was kind of like, well, it's kind of. <laughs> she was kind of like, I'm a very cool. dramatic, emotional person. She didn't say dramatic. I said dramatic. I'm a very <laughs> emotional person. I don't think I can tell someone this in a casual way where I'm not going to freak them out. Can I just not tell them? I mean, 
up top, we're being 100% honest here, I have also not told people. Mm-hmm. I think a total of three people. I was kind of a similar thing, one night stand situation. Um, which it's like, look, anybody that doesn't have herpes is going to be like, how dare you? You're putting health at risk, like freak out, right? But I'm like, you're a person, okay? You're a person and it happens. And knowing actually a guy friend that this happened to, he slept with someone who had herpes. She didn't tell him. She told him later. He was more mad she told him later. So up top, I'd be like, the people you already slept with that one time, you haven't heard from them. They're good. Leave it alone. Like, live and learn. You know, there's, okay. no, there's no need to put that person through an emotional spiral and kind of freak out if you haven't heard a word from them of like, hey, uh, I got something going on. I don't know what it is. Like, I'd say kind of leave it be. Also, like... If it's been a while, like you're now refeeling that guilt. Yeah. Like you've gone through the guilt, nothing's come back. It's, you know, what's done is done, right? Right. And hypothetically, you could have not known that you had it and slept mm-hmm. with these people. Yeah, 100%. And I'm not right. saying, you know, everyone should just not tell people and do what they want. But I'm like, I've been there. I've been there where you're like, you're human, you know, you're human right. or. I'll be frank, sometimes dudes, all they want is to sleep with you. And it's so clear and it's so obvious that you're almost like, fuck it. I'm not going to tell this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, you're going to be so pushy about it and blah, blah, blah. You're like, well, yeah, I have needs too. Let's get down. Like, you don't really care. Um, If we're being fully honest, like, gotcha, asshole. Yeah. Like, Like, I'm not saying it's right to kind of play God, but that's the dilemma in your head. You're like, this guy sucks. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, you're almost like, would he tell me if he had herpes? Probably not. Uh, You play that game. Um, but shit, okay, in terms of telling someone, uh, my advice is you got to keep it kind of short and simple when you tell them, because uh, it's like, you know, you want you want to just, well, there's two things. The very quick way, actually, and we coined this phrase in the group I run, um, due to all of our research of telling people and when it was successful and when it wasn't, uh, the theory is blow them before you tell them. <laughs> and i guess if you're if you're that's comfortable the scientific with that, term well, let yeah. me tell you the girls clinical, that it's the like, clinical the women i know that's like they went down they had some type of physical connection on that level just left sex off the table then eventually told them about the herpes also kind of had a window into telling them of like hey it's not that i don't want to have sex with you but I didn't because I need to tell you I have this, not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. And a smaller version of that would be like, I advise everyone, like, at least have a good makeout with this person because it's very hard to, like, bring up something like herpes when you've had no physical connection with someone at all because it feels like this big wall. Like, there's something to being like, hey, do we vibe? Am I into you? Am I attracted to you? Like, Something, right? That's kind of the short version of, I guess, how to tell someone or maybe when. Um, But when I give, you know, kind of the herpes spiel, I try to just kind of keep it as short and simple as I can, um, partly because it'll help you with, like, staying calm and not getting emotional. Because the first couple of times I told people I, like, got choked up, I kind of panicked, and then they're going to react the way you react. So I, I I keep it short and tight of, like, hey... You know, there's a reason I haven't slept with you yet or I want to sleep with you. But before we do, I got to tell you, I'm like, I say I have HSV1, I said, which is technically herpes. um, And, you know, I've never given it to a partner. I take medication and I've had it for four years. And I kind of leave it at that and see what they say. But I feel like those are the big points to hit. It's like, how long have you had it? Have you ever given it to someone? Do you take medication? And then... The last one probably would be uh, how frequently you have outbreaks. So like for me, I could be like, I've only really had the one outbreak, never had a problem since, but figured you should know and kind of see what they say. Yeah, okay. I, I, I I think like a lot of what you're saying too is like about reps. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like when you said in the before, as far as like, you know, you were like, uh, in the beginning, I hooked up with one guy and then the one that was okay with it. And then I built standards, had to kind of rebuild standards over time based on this new reality. Like, 
for this person that's writing in, they if they're getting emotional with friends, which is totally fine, I totally understand that. Like maybe some more reps of talking about it with friends before you enter into talking. You know, like give right. yourself a chance. You know, like yeah. you yeah. shouldn't be good at this conversation yeah. right away. You you're not you're new to it. Like mm-hmm. we don't be so hard on yourself. Like you know, Erica, the way you talk about it, like with us like that didn't just happen day one no <laughs> even on my own podcast it didn't happen that quick like, yeah i talked about it in the second episode and i cried like i still was not good at just talking about it openly and not feeling emotional or like shameful about it mm-hmm. that i mean yeah. that's why I, I encourage people to just tell somebody i'm like you gotta start kind of telling people um but yeah it, it really is reps the first year yeah, of me I telling mean, people was awful. I was terrible at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was also looking, I mean, again, because we have so many of these emails as I was reading through a bunch of them, um, someone in a different email wrote that her doctor um, kind of wrote out the script for her, which was like, she said, by the way, I'm on Baltrex. My ex-boyfriend had a cold sore and I contracted HSV-1 this past year. I'm not contagious. And my doctor said there's no chance to transmit it, which again, sort of like, seems like kind of like fact-based says it in a way of like again like it brings it back to the cold sore thing which i think makes people feel a little bit more like at ease about the like the like the commonality because how many people have had cold sores like millions of people and also like if you you could get it from making out with someone from a cold sore no one has ever asked anyone they've made out with in my like or not no one that i've met has ever asked someone that they've made out with like if they've ever had a cold sore Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i the one thing before we go that I, I wanted to bring up because I've just I I don't know if this is a change thing or I, I, I always assume I'm close. You know, my emotional reaction is close to most guys emotional reaction. Like I always say on this podcast, like 10 percent away, like the whole idea of like being considered dirty or a slut because you have herpes do you encounter that from guys? Cause like my, like, like even when you told the guy, like I relate way more to the guy you told that you got it from where he's like, Oh my God, I thought you were pregnant. Like I go into the <laughs> selfish, like, Oh my God, do I have it mode more mm-hmm. than I go into this whore, you know, like I, <laughs> like I never, yeah. I, so I wonder if that's, is that changing? You know, like I, cause I, I'm saying just from personal I wonder if that's more for other women then. I remember with like growing up and learning about like HIV and then you'd hear about different celebrities that had it and like there was always like a more sympathetic feeling I feel like towards the celebrities that got it through like a blood transfusion. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Then like the ones who were like living a reckless lifestyle or got it through needles and like I, I don't think that's fair mm-hmm. um, but I do remember like being younger and feeling like oh well like we should feel worse for like this person who got it from like you know, a, a pure blood, like, cause they gave blood versus like, yeah. you know, they slept with someone who got it. Or maybe that's just what they said. <laughs> that's possible too. But you know, like, we don't you know. know. Yeah. I mean the whole like feeling direct shame, it's never, you feel the shame because it's never direct to you. Mm-hmm. Like there might've been guys I told that then later told their friends and kind of were like, Oh, I didn't know she was slutty. Like, I don't know that conversation, but that's often why you stress so much about it is you feel like you know if i tell my one girlfriend she's gonna talk about it in a group chat with other girls and shit Mm -hmm. talk me kind of being like hey did you know erica spera has herpes like didn't know she slept around like yeah all those thoughts were going through my head when i immediately had it and that's why you're so terrified to tell people about it you lose control of the story of your own narrative i i'll say from a guy's perspective that's not my first, you know, I don't, that, that kind of, I've heard it, we've, we've been talking now for almost an hour, like, that, that just never was a thought on my mind, and I'm not saying that to sound like a hero, like, I'm just saying, like, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of men out there are more selfish than they are, like, judgmental, <laughs> you know, like, of that stuff. Yeah, but in general, it's the thing of, like, if a man gets herpes, all his buddies are kind of just like, oh, that sucks. But, like, if yeah. a girl gets herpes, yeah, there in general is more of a stigma of, like, being promiscuous, per se. Because um, it's just the stigma right. that's... I feel like... The old school stigma of, like, how many partners you had, the guy's the man and the girl's a slut. But it's like... Totally. Yeah. 
thank you so much for coming on today. I feel like I learned a lot. And I think our, like Jared said, like, I'm sure there are many listeners who have just, I know there are many listeners just from the amount of people who have written us about this, um, who will be really happy, uh, to have heard from you and will definitely want to follow you to get more information or, or, uh, you know, just more funny content. Cause you're really funny. And you've got, <laughs> like I said, great Twitter. I'm always laughing. Thanks. Yeah. This yeah. has been awesome. Thank you for having me. Go follow Erica right now at Sparica on Instagram and the podcast. Shooters Gotta Shoot every Thursday. Go get subscribed. Go check it out. Jordan and I were both guests on separate episodes. So you got you got two more, you know, hours of of free entertainment. So get involved. Um, we're here every Sunday with the Sunday special. This is a little different. If you have something that you have a suggestion of topics you want to get heard on this episode this sunday special send them in uup at betches.com uh but that's it for us i'm jared free i'm jordana abraham bye Thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Bridgerton is back. And dearest gentle readers, you will not want to miss this chapter. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Will these friends defy expectations to find true love? And will Penelope's secret identity as Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? You shall have to watch and see. Watch part one of Bridgerton, only on Netflix, May 16th. Betches.